Welcome to the What Is Podcast Season 2. This new season will be a 12-episode deep dive into Ryan's book, The God of Tech, as we discuss modern technology, its divine origin, and how to activate the next great movement of God through spirit-led innovation. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 12th and final episode of Season 2 of the What Is Podcast. I'm Brianna. I'm Ryan. And we are concluding our season on your book, Ryan, The God of Tech. This is it. This is it. Yeah. And we are talking about the last chapter called One Red Dot. Mm-hmm. And that's the cover for you guys who have it or who don't. The cover is One Red Dot. I wore I wore a red dress, which I never do, in uh-huh. honor of this big reveal of what the One Red Dot is. So, Ryan, yeah. without further ado, what is The One Red Dot? <laughs> Well, I don't want to give it away, so you just have to go buy the book. No, <laughs> no, no. Everybody asks, "What is with the the red dot?" You know, and a lot of people will, if they're going to do something with their uh, cover that is integral to the book, they'll usually do something. They'll basically reveal it pretty quickly, but make it a little bit more, yeah, yeah. plain. Yeah. So, things. so this is. This is a vision I got. This was, I think, 2015 at Cisco's headquarters. Cisco's a tech company uh, out of Silicon Valley. And this was, you know, two and a half years before we started Bethel Tech. So Bethel, I didn't even, Bethel Tech was not anything that mm-hmm. that I Yeah, I listened knew. to our podcast from last week. We kind of, we get to go through kind of behind the scenes yeah. telling of kind of the story of Ryan going and kind of your coming of age journey walk with the Lord becoming, you know, fully realizing who you are yeah. and, and as a son of God. Yeah. So I was at Cisco and I was with the learning house at the time. And I, uh, I was part of this group called um, Future Workplace. And it was this really cool group where you got to go to um, these major companies, a lot of like Microsoft, Cisco, um, JP Morgan Chase, these different companies and have these small gatherings with C-level executives to talk about um, like workplace culture and what they were working on to improve workplace culture. And it really was a front row seat and an and interactive experience for me to be a part of that conversation to help them build initiatives um, to improve workplace culture and to see what keeps C-level executives up at night in terms of their organization. Mm -hmm. And so much of it has to do with making sure that they're um, elevating the culture and that the people are in a good spot. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was, that was cool. And, you know, even as I'm talking to you about it right now, I think about Bethel Tech and how one of the big things for Bethel Tech and why we've had so much success and an open door in some of these tech companies is because what we represent in terms of being intentional uh, about these character building skills mm-hmm. that elevate workplace culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, even, you know, this was starting to to come into focus or the Lord was basically brewing something up with me even before I knew Bethel Tech, but it was foundational in the way that we approach building Bethel Tech and its impact um, on the workplace. So anyways, I was at Cisco's headquarters and the um, 
the, the chief human resource officer for Cisco uh, was doing a presentation on their initiative to um, basically instill the company's core values um, into all of their employees, and they have 80,000 employees right, globally. Yeah, and that's no small task. No. It's not like they can get all of their employees into one room yeah. and, you know, have some semblance of you yeah. know, continuity. Yeah. So, uh, she, she starts and, uh, I think the senior VP was, uh, they were co-presenting and, and he pulls up a screen, uh, and it's this global, it's this outer space view of the globe. And on the globe are all, there's thousands of little dots of light. And so most of the dots are, tiny yellow dots. But then there are some dots that are bigger and they're red. And so then they zoom in as if they were, they had a satellite uh, camera that was zooming in on those dots. And as you got closer to the dots, you saw that they were all connected in some way. But the red dots were the most connected. They were most they were more connected than the yellow dots. They were connected to tons of yellow dots and then also to other red dots. And what the presenters were telling us was that each one of those dots represented one of the 80,000 employees at Cisco. And so their initiative to instill the core values of the organization and their culture into the 80,000 employees or the 80,000 dots that we saw on the globe was not possible in a sense that they could connect with each one of those individuals individually. Mm-hmm. However, those red dots, those were employees in the organization that were the most connected. And they knew that if they could instill the core values into those individuals and train them to then be their disciples to bring the core values to all the people that they're connected to, they would be able to meet their mark to reach all 80,000 employees and to train them up in their core values and really have them grasp the um, the importance of those core yeah. values. The, the red dot, and the, those red dots, in other words, were the most influential, mm-hmm. the most highly connected. They were the disciples. They were receiving the training, and then they were going out, and they were carrying it out to um, to make disciples of, of the of other. Cisco. Yes. <laughs> and so as he's presenting that to me, I saw this vision from the Lord, and he showed me the same picture, uh, this outer space uh, view of the globe, and there are billions. I mean, there's all these, um, um, you know, millions, if not billions of dots. And there are a ton of yellow dots. But there's also these red dots that are bigger. And then the Lord zooms in, and he shows me that each dot represents believers. But the red dots represent the believers who have fully surrendered and committed to doing what the Lord is wanting to do in this season to be to unify the body of Christ so that the unification of the body of Christ with Christ as the head would reveal Emmanuel, Christ with us. Mm-hmm. And that there would be this great revival that would break out. And as the red dots continue to connect and continue to work with the yellow dots and basically instill hope and build their confidence in their faith to go and put on full display the power of the Holy Spirit in any sphere that they're in, Mm -hmm. that those yellow dots would turn into red dots. Mm -hmm. 
And then more yellow dots would appear because of their commitment to bring the kingdom of heaven wherever they are. Mm. And then the yellow dots would continue to get bigger and turn into red dots and more and more red dots, yellow, more yellow dots turn into red and more and more and more until all you could see is one big red dot because all of these red dots had 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 blended together. Mm. And what he showed me is that that red dot that covers the globe is the redeeming blood of Jesus. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have a life in eternity with our good and loving father. Mm -hmm. And I didn't put the scripture in the um, chapter, but I want to read it because I I think it really does encompass what I just shared. It's, It's Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. This is from the NIV. It says, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Amazing. I really think that that sums up everything that we've talked about over the last 12 episodes, Mm -hmm. that everything goes back to partnering with him. Mm -hmm. And our why is that all would taste and see the goodness Mm -hmm. of the Lord. It's God's goodness that leads men to repentance, not out of compliance or obligation, but out of an overwhelming sense of joy of discovering that we were made on purpose and for purpose and Mm -hmm. that our identity, our our identity is rooted in the fact that we are a son or a daughter of a Mm -hmm. good and loving father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the origin, right? yeah. that it started with him, that all things exist and, and continue to exist, are sustained by him. Uh, and the whole goal is for us to be with him. So yeah. it starts with him, it ends with him. He is the Alpha and Omega. Um, he is eternity. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so you write in the book that when you were about halfway through with writing this book, that God reminded you of the story of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Can you share that story? So the story of Nehemiah is fascinating. So what you have is in 589 BC, the Israelites were conquered and taken into captivity by the Babylonian Empire. And then after that, um, and shortly, and, and as a result of that, the city of Jerusalem was des- was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So the the security wall was torn down, and the city was in ruins. Fifty years later, after that, the Babylonians fell to the Persians, whose emperor Cyrus the Great decreed the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem uh, in 539 BC. For 92 years, the Israelites had attempted to rebuild the city, starting with the walls of protection, but to no avail. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king of Persia, and he was given written authority by the king to rebuild the city of Jerusalem around 444 BC. And he was one of the king's most trusted court members, but he had no background or experience in rebuilding a city. Uh, But the Lord was on it. The Lord called him to do it, and his favor had created a pathway for him to move forward. He just had to listen, trust, and obey the word Mm -hmm. of God. So Nehemiah had great favor and protection to do the job, and he brought hope to the Israelites still living or near Jerusalem. He strategically banded them together and their families to rebuild the city, starting with the walls. And they did it in 52 days. So what had taken the Israelites almost a century to do and couldn't do, Nehemiah, in an accelerated uh, 
position, environment, atmosphere, anointing of favor on, from the Lord coordinates and spearheads the rebuilding of the city walls in 52 days. It was a miracle. I mean, it would, it would you know, the, the world would call it a phenomenon. We would know it as a miracle or a mm-hmm. sign or a wonder from heaven, mm-hmm. just like Friedswein's well. Mm-hmm. Like Friedswein, Maxwell, and so many of the other individuals that I mentioned in The God of Tech, Nehemiah partnered with God to manifest a heavenly solution or a divine solution with a capital D mm-hmm. for an earthly problem. His seemingly impossible feat was the fruit of his yada intimate relationship and spiritual intelligence with the Lord. The completion of the wall of Jerusalem ignited a sense of unity among the Israelites who had forgotten their identity as people of God and were a scattered remnant of a once mighty nation. And by the droves, the Israelites returned to their once um, prosperous city mm-hmm. to become as one as people of as, as the people of God again. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, though, because they had forgotten their identity, many of them, and they had to be reminded. Mm -hmm. And so Nehemiah and the scribe Ezra decide to read, um, they they read the law of Moses first given to the Israelites a thousand years prior. And what happened was the word is living and active, and it it pierced the hearts of the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And they started to weep. They started to worship God and realizing that they had run away from their good and loving father. Mm -hmm. So what do Ezra and Nehemiah do? In obedience to God, they had compassion on the Israelites. Instead of condemning them for their sin, Ezra and Nehemiah reminded them of their right standing as people of God and celebrated their repentance. And here's what they share. This is in Nehemiah 8 verses 9 and 10. The day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I love it. And you know, you you kind of touched on this a little bit, but you found like a common thread in the stories of Nehemiah and in the Cisco story and redigging the wells. Can you expound on that, on that thread? Yeah, it's about partnership with the Lord. And the partnership and the trust can only come from an intimate relationship with Him. Again, all discovery, everything that we do is just a manifestation of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's not, about a matter, it's not a matter of humans doing. It really is the essence of humans being mm-hmm. what they are called to be, mm-hmm. sons and daughters of our good and loving Father. It is a state of human being that can only come from one's intimate relationship with the creator. Mm -hmm. Creator and creation are inextricably and eternally entangled in joyful relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is, you know, that speaks, like you said, really the entire theme of of the book, The God of Tech. Mm -hmm. It's about him. Yeah. Right? Like we are the the origin matters because it's him. The how matters because it's his heart. Mm-hmm. And the destination matters because the destination is him. Yeah. And we've we've talked about that. We've talked about how technology and innovation that they are not the destination, rather they are the invitation. Mm-hmm. So now that we've come to the, the end of this book mm-hmm. and of course this season of the podcast, where 
where do we go from here? Where yeah. do the people who've been following along with us and reading the book, where do they go from here? So where do we go from here? Well, after the Lord reminded me of the story of Nehemiah, he brought me back to the Cisco vision. And he told me that there would be an acceleration of this next great movement of God that Billy Graham talked about you know, 23 years ago in 2000, that this next great movement of God would come from believers in the marketplace. But I believe that this acceleration is fully dependent upon Christ followers leaning into a yada relationship with the Lord, Mm -hmm. to dream with God, to not dismiss the impossible reality of the kingdom of heaven, to partner with God and create radical solutions that move humanity heavenward. Yeah. And so... My charge to everyone who's reading the book, everyone who's listening to this podcast, and my question to you is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Mm-hmm. What, is that, what is that thing? What is that moment in history that God wants to partner with you to bring heaven on earth? Mm-hmm. If God has an eternity mindset and you have an eternity mindset as well. And you have the mind of Christ. And you have the mind of yeah. Christ. What is it that God is calling you to do to bring heaven on earth? What is it that he's calling you to do to be a red node, to be a red dot, Mm -hmm. and to light up the globe with yellow dots that turn into red dots Mm -hmm. so that ultimately the entire globe represents one red dot that is the redeeming blood of Jesus? You are Maxwell. You are Frideswide. You are Carver, you are Nehemiah, you are, there is an element to everything, all these individuals that I talked about, you too have a unique and special journey walk with the Lord that starts with your intimate relationship with him. And the fruit of that relationship is that all would taste and see the goodness of God. Don't run from technology, use it as a tool to magnify Jesus as the solution. Mm -hmm. Whether that means you're building new technologies or you're just utilizing it to spread the gospel to all the ends of the earth, Mm -hmm. you have a part to play. Mm -hmm. Never before in the history of humanity have we been able to connect more than we've been able to -hmm. connect because of the advancement of technology. Don't use technology to create further divisions. Use it to unify each other as the body of Christ, to bring people into an encounter with the love of Jesus and to partner with God to expose the lie, the counterfeit of the enemy and replace it with the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This is what everything is about. Mm -hmm. To restore, again, Jesus did not come to turn the world upside down. He came to turn the world right side up, to restore us to our original design as sons and daughters of our good and loving Father, with whom we get to spend all eternity walking and Mm -hmm. talking and basking in our relationship together. And the thing is, is that, you know, for the believer, once you give your life to Christ and you are crucified with him and then risen again to new life, that's when eternity began for you, right? And so you've stepped into his Kairos time at that point. And you have been given his spirit to not just be, um, in unity with him, but he also wants unity in the entire body, unity in his spirit. And so, you know, I've seen in your in your life as you have grown in your relationship with the Lord and in, in your in your partnership with him, that he has brought 
other believers your way for you to partner with them as well. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's a huge part of where people go from here is that as you partner with the Lord, that he's going to send you people. He's going to make those divine connections for you to be able to partner together. Because just as we are to be one in Christ, he wants us to be one altogether, his body with the head unified. And as you do these incredible things with the Lord, always remember the words of Friedsway, Mm -hmm. who said, whatever is not God is nothing. Or as we would state in our modern language, without God, nothing is worth pursuing. Mm -hmm. Because in him, all things are held together and consist. Whatever is not God is nothing, including technology, because he is the God of tech. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, it begins with him and it and it ends with him. Well, this has been this has been so fun being able to go through this book, um, your book with you and with and everyone following along. And truthfully, I had not read Ryan's book until I knew we were gonna do this podcast and I needed to get my questions and the format together. Um, and and go through what we want to talk about, but there was there was reason for that. I it's not because I didn't want to, but I've basically lived this book with Ryan. So <laughs> all of our conversations, we really do have these couch conversations, like we used to yeah. talk about in season one. Um, you know, something that we really um, value in our relationship is every morning we have coffee together yeah. because that's the one time of the day that we can guarantee that we'll have just one-on-one time that the kids will be asleep. <laughs> so it's not as easy at nighttime, we've discovered, at least not in our home. So every morning we make sure we value and protect that, that time together to have to have our coffee and those conversations together. And so we're always having these conversations. We talked through really the whole book. And so like you have said, you know, so much of what you put in the book came out of conversations between yeah. you and me me. But it was so great being able to read it and being able to just go through all the points that, you know, he's probably a little bit more technical or maybe a little bit more um, information (laughs) driven in the book than in uh, casual conversations. So it was really incredible for me to be able to read through your book and just um, catch even more of the heart of God for um, innovation and partnering with him and, and for really to for all the world to know his love for them. Yeah. So, well, well done. Thanks, babe. And thank you for reading the book. <laughs> I'm so glad. And uh, no, seriously, thank you for this time that we've got to, that we've been able to spend together just kind of unpacking it. And it's been, there's been an added layer of power and impact because of your voice in it as well. Because again, you have walked through these things with me. And so your perspective is so beautiful to see. Um, it's been revelatory for me. Um, to hear the words that you've shared and your perspective on this. And uh, yeah, it's just been, it's just been great. I'm so excited that people have gotten to hear your perspective. And that leads me to something that I am also really, really excited about and that we are going to do a season three of the what is podcast. And this time you're going to be in the hot seat (laughs) and I'm going to be interviewing you because you have a book called Mirror Image, a book about identity, freedom, and Jesus. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear the behind the scenes and just the revelation from that book. It is incredible. I will just tell you, and I'll tell you next season, but this has been a journey. 
Um, you started writing this book years ago, even when I was at the Learning House before we even started Bethel Tech. Yeah, about and seven you, years ago. About seven years ago. And you would send me drafts of your chapters to see what I thought. And they were so powerful that I would share them with my other colleagues who were Christians. And it became kind of a a Bible uh, study group, whatever. I don't know what it, it was, a group that we would just talk about it. And it had an impact not just on my life, but on my coworkers' lives as well. And so I can't wait for us to go through that journey and for you to um, share everything about this book and for our listeners um, to be greatly impacted as well. Yeah, I'm really excited to be able to do another deep dive and do a deep dive into mirror image. Um, and yeah, I just love, it's, it's fun. Like we, something that Ryan and I do is we know that we have individual projects that we, we both have. And so there are some that are just Ryan and some that are Brianna, not that we, we collaborate still on them in some way. Right. But, um, but then there are projects that are for Ryan and Brianna and the projects we get to do together. And, and we really love that. So it's fun that we've been able to take the God of tech, which was a Ryan project. Um, and make and turn into something we could do it together with this podcast, and then doing the same thing with my book, Mirror Image, to be able to turn it into a project that we both get to do together with the with season three of the podcast. So be looking for that; it will be out soon. Be yeah, checking in, and we will uh, get everybody up to date when we have a launch date soon for season three. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for spending time with us and um, let us know how the book and how this season has impacted you. We'd love to hear some of your stories uh, about partnering with God to do the impossible. So you use innovation to move humanity. Sounds so good. All right, guys, we'll see you at season three.